Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for the first half hour is Tina Brumand, who is a licensed independent mortgage broker based in Ventura County, California. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Tina. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. Just tell us a little bit of your background and how you got to be the mortgage broker you are today. So my background is a little varied in that I actually started out in the medical device industry um, and worked for a company that uh, transitioned. We eventually got bought out by Johnson & Johnson and one of my cousins is a mortgage broker down in San Diego where our brokerage is based and he taught me the business and I think that's the way a lot of people get into this business is through mentorship, working through another independent broker or they may work for a bank. But my path was through my cousin's business, West Coast Funding, based in San Diego. Very good. So it's it's the ideal time to get a mortgage today with rates, the 30 are fixed under 3% for the first time ever, 15 year at very low rates. People are used to going online today and searching. Why do they need a mortgage broker when it seems like so much is available online these days? I think that mortgages are really actually complex uh, financial vehicles. And for most individuals, your mortgage is actually your largest financial asset that you own. So a combination of those reasons lead me to believe that the best place for a consumer today is not through this do-it-yourself, it's so easy as clicking a button, but actually having a genuine mortgage advisor taking a look at your situation in a bigger, broader way, because there may be opportunity on the table. There may be circumstances that lead you to look at a mortgage in a different way than someone that may not have a fiduciary or financially licensed background. A lot of the people that work on online call centers do not have the depth of licensing nor experience that independent brokers typically have. Um, And as such, we have tools and look at things in more of a financial investor way um, because sometimes paying the lowest interest rate is not always the best loan for you. And the structure of your loan and mortgage um, can really be a big difference maker in terms of creating financial wealth for families in America. And I think um, getting them out of what may be not great circumstances because we have do have a lot of equity in people's homes today. So why don't you describe a case where getting the lowest mortgage rate is not the best for somebody in the long term? You know, I'll give you a situation that that just happened recently, and it's um, it's kind of shows an example of where you start out because people are very conditioned to asking, "Hey, what's my lowest interest rate?" Right, and that's absolutely usually the objective lower the rate lower the payment right whatever but I don't necessarily like people to start over at another 30-year term if we can help it we like to have goals in mind in terms of payback and stuff like that but this is a great for instance uh, I had a couple call and they had been a previous client of mine and said hey we want to lower our rate rates are lower right great what's been going on with you guys blah 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 They've had a baby recently and they were going to lower their rate and they were going to add on possibly another bedroom. They had a little bit of savings, but they were going to add on another bedroom. They had adequate income and all of those things. So we started talking and really what what happened was through conversation we found that their house, they had outgrown their house, but they didn't feel like they could afford a new bigger house, right? Um, what we did as a mortgage broker, right? I listened to what they're telling me. I'm not here to sell them a loan or sell them a mortgage. I'm here to solve problems for them. And you have two choices, right? You can absolutely build onto a house and make it accommodate your size of family, but also you can move to a different house that's already built, especially if you have a baby on the way and you don't want to be doing construction. And where I live in Ventura County, we've had fires recently. So to get really good construction workers and contractors, it's quite difficult right now. So 
as an independent mortgage broker, we go to that depth with our clients and take the reality of what's the availability of contractors locally? Where are you? What are you really trying to do? I hear you want to lower your rate and you're also telling me you're going to add on a bedroom or whatever. But what if we found that house and it was already done? And you layer on to it, it's a complex time and a, a challenging market right now. I work in partnership with real estate agents because a good team of a real estate agent and a mortgage broker can be a really big difference maker. I look to set up my real estate agents with the most success that they can for their client, right? Meaning I'm going to put them into the best loan I can and pre-qualify them that way so their loan is as competitive as possible. In this situation, right, we have a competitive marketplace where we have multiple offers in Ventura County, L.A. County, anywhere in California, and in many markets right now, we have multiple offers on properties, so it's very competitive. And when you go in and make your offer contingent upon the sale of your current property, you're in a less a competitive position. So what I did with this client that originally called me to say, hey, could I lower my interest rate? I went deeper into listening to what their goals and needs were. And what I did was, sure, I gave them absolutely what it meant to lower their interest rate right now. But what I also did was I already had dealt with them before, so I knew how much they could qualify for, how much income was there. I put together a scenario where what if we go in and you qualify for a low down payment on the new home that you really like that has three bedrooms instead of two and we go in and we only put two per, or we only go in and we put 5% down. They again had a little bit of savings. We put the 5% down. You now have a non-contingent sale and what we do is you move into the new house, you sell the existing house and as you sell the existing house I have lenders that will allow you to do what's a recast of the new loan in the new forever house that you just bought so even though you had to carry two mortgages I believe we estimated two months of carrying two mortgages and calculated that into our expense but in the in the long run they were able to be very competitive with their offer they got the house that they wanted and they didn't have to go through construction while they were um while they were pregnant and recasting allows them to take all of those proceeds from the sale of their home and on their new home pay it down and have it re-amortized so they got the advantage of today's interest rate they started making their payments they re-amortized their schedule redid their payment according to this new down payment and they got into their home loan and I think it was a hundred dollars or something over what they had been paying in their two-bedroom home yeah I can see how you helped them in a way that wouldn't have helped they wouldn't have gotten that just by going on to the, the search sites themselves People are often unclear about mortgage brokers. Who pays the mortgage brokers? Is it the lenders or the borrowers? So it can be both, but typically, most of the time, it is the lender. And how we get paid is we get paid for originating your loan, and then the lend we're going to transfer the servicing, the collection of the monthly payment, insurance, and taxes to a servicer. And that's how we get paid is by transferring it into servicing. Yeah. So what if somebody doesn't have a great credit score or doesn't have enough to do a 20% down payment so they're going to have to pay private mortgage insurance? How can you help those people? So we will shop rates for mortgage insurance to make sure that you're getting the cheapest mortgage insurance rate. But really, we start out with our clients. What can we fix that's going to fit within your timeline, right? There's a balance between, okay, we could fix everything till it's perfect, but it's going to take two years to do so. Well, what if we fix it so it's okay, right? I have credit repair partners. I have a guy, Sam Parker, my credit repair guy, I'll give him a little plug, um, who works with loan originators to correct people's credit score prior to going into a mortgage. He's very transparent on what he charges, if anything, and his contract consults through a, a mortgage lender are free. So I work with him to get going first to figure out what improvements can be made so that we position our borrowers for the lowest cost of borrowing for their situation. That's how we look at things. As far as finding a mortgage broker, now you're in Ventura County, California, but around the country, 
if people want to find a good mortgage broker, how can they do that? They would go to www.findamortgagebroker.com and we have a very wide network of very connected independent mortgage brokers. So even though we're dispersed and we all work independently, um, we are networked heavily through this channel. Um, AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts, is my trade association and they help us with that networking and connection. So we trade, for instance, if I have people from California, which I have a lot of right now, moving to Idaho, Texas, out of state, I will connect them to another independent mortgage broker in that state to help them buy their next home so that they stay um, connected and in good hands. And what is your website and what can people find at your website? My website is www, and I'll spell it because my mom was creative back when I was born, tinabrewmand247.com. It's spelled T-E-E-N-A-B-R-O-U-M-A-N-D-247.com. She liked Tina Marie back in the day. Um, And on my website, you can find help with how much can you qualify for for a mortgage. Uh, You can get refinance quotes. You can check with me. I have a blog. I update it with information. We have some great loan programs right now with especially low interest rates in the twos. So you can get information about those first-time home ownership, and I am a VA home loan specialist, so you can get specific information about VA loans, especially there as well. Terrific. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. <clears throat> My guest this half hour is Tina Brumand. Uh, she is an independent uh, mortgage broker based in Ventura County, California. You can find out more about her at her website. She just mentioned tinabrumand247.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's gonna be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is gonna be big, they call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not gonna be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this half hour is Tina Brumand. She is a licensed independent mortgage broker based in Ventura County, California. You can find out more about her at her website, tinabrumand247.com. Welcome back to the show, Tina. Thank you so much. So what are some of the documents that people need to work with a mortgage broker that might be different than just doing it on their own? 
So any lender, whether it's an online lender, a bank, or a mortgage independent mortgage broker, we're all going to need the same documents. Um, we all work usually to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac guidelines. Um, one difference would be, I guess, in, in an independent mortgage broker situation, we do have more flexibility in working with um, self-employed borrowers. Um, so that would that might entail additional documentation. But for a basic homeowner looking to get a loan, you're going to need two years of your tax returns, two years of your W-2s or 1099s. You're going to need two months worth of your bank statements, um, two months worth of pay stubs and a photo ID. Um, and that's really about it. Um, if you're retired, maybe a social security, but basically you're going to document your income and, and those things. Can you get a mortgage faster using a mortgage broker compared to doing it directly yourself with a lender? That's a great question. Um, I would say yes, but I'd say that's also anecdotal. Um, all lenders are very, very busy. Our, our entire lending channel is very busy right now because there is so much home uh, opportunity for homeowners to save on their mortgages right now. We have lots of clients that were still in the fours and for their interest rate and anything below that, right, or anything above that, you should be looking at a possible refinance. So all lenders channels are busy right now. We had been seeing uh, independent brokers in our channel. We were able to close loans in about 22 days. I think that might be a little bit longer, but let's like 25 days. I've heard some banks are closing at 60 days or 45 days. Wow. There's a lot that can go wrong whenever a lender is quoting a long-term time like that. Your employment can change, the market can change, a lot can change. So even if you're given assurances that things are fine with these long quoted turn times, um, I think that consumers should try to have one um, goal of theirs to have the fastest mortgage process possible. And specifically when it comes to refinancing as opposed to purchasing a home, what is the advantage of using a mortgage broker? Oh, there's some great advantages in working with a mortgage broker for a refinance. And this relates to the, a typical family is going to have some amount of debt. And while I do not advocate someone taking short-term debt, credit cards, cars, or whatever, and refinancing that into long-term debt. What I do believe is taking a look at a client's overall financial picture and figuring out a way that we can kind of have our cake and eat it too. Meaning in a refinance where a client maybe has equity already in their home, maybe they had you know a time away from work, whatever, or they have built up a little bit of debt. One really nice thing about working with an independent mortgage advisor or broker is we work as advisors. So we can work debt consolidation calculators for our clients where we take a look at maybe high interest rate debt that we can pay off, but then advise you to keep making your payment as you had before in order to pay off your loan faster. So what I've seen, for example, is a client that was ready to refinance. We took a look at their overall debt. They didn't necessarily want to get into another 30-year loan. But by refinancing and lowering their interest rate, we also consolidated some debt that they weren't paying off in a timely fashion. And I think it was maybe $20,000 worth of additional credit card debt that they had amassed. But we had them continue to make their same payment at the higher amount, the pre-refinance amount of the payment, right? They had already been making that payment. It allowed them to refinance their debt. And by the time that uh, we applied that same monthly payment to them, they were able to pay off their loan in 23 years as opposed to 30 years. And that debt that they had was probably going to take about 15 to 20 years to pay off also because they were not paying it off at a fast enough clip. So it kind of tied their feet to the fire in terms of paying off the debt. And we showed them a way through our debt consolidation calculators that they would pay it off the whole chunk of debt faster, both the home and the credit card or variable debts. As far as which banks you use, are you mostly doing uh, the big banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citibank, or are you dealing uh, non-traditional lenders? What are the lenders you tend to, to uh, put people with loans? 
we use a whole we work in a wholesale channel so a very large lender who has actually grown in size to i want to say they're maybe one of the top five lenders in the united states altogether is united wholesale mortgage wholesale mortgages meaning they only work with independent brokers a company i don't know that i can mention their names they have a like a rocket ship logo yeah. They have both a retail channel and a and a broker or wholesale channel, but those two channels, they work against each other, right? So in that situation, it's not terrific because loan originators just kind of become this origination arm for companies that maybe um, don't hand the customer back to us in the same way. Once you generate a customer and you hear how I'm talking that I deal with my clients, right? I get to know them. What are your goals? What are we trying to accomplish? And let's put all the cards on the table. These are much deeper discussions than what's my interest rate. And interest rate is absolutely one of the key cornerstones of the conversation. But you can see just from the few examples that I've shared with you today that actually the benefit of your mortgage and the and the power of your mortgage comes when someone's able to dig a little deeper in there with you. We work a lot with and, and um, refer clients back and forth to mortgage advisor or to um, investment advisors. You know, clients will have the decision, do I put all this money into property or real estate or do I hold some back and invest in my market in a market stock market with my advisor we can work in conjunction with uh, folks like that or investment advisors to give you a, a bigger more holistic picture of where your mortgage plays because your mortgage is serves a different function for you like when you're very young in life and you're a first-time home buyer and you have a young family we need you to have a low monthly payment at that point right then you go into your 30s and 40s and you're like hey look I got to pay this house off before I retire or at least I'm going to work towards that as a goal then maybe you have a situation where you're like hey we've got all this equity I've got two kids going into college and hey they turned out to be really smart so I need to fund this college so I'm going to need to refinance but I still need to reach retirement how am I going to do all of this right that's where independent mortgage brokers come into play we're advisors we look at all of those things and tell you how to get to that goal or end run that you're trying to get to and it's way beyond what the rate is or where things are because we have the ability to look at it and, and make sure that rate is in there. We will typically give a couple options for rate or paying points. Does it make sense, right? I'm going to talk to you about, well, what are your intentions? A lot of people right now, rates are low and they're like, hey, should I push them even lower? I had a client, for instance, recently buying an investment property in Santa Barbara. Rates on investment properties, I don't see them going down a ton more at this point. So he, I advised him, yeah, go ahead and, and buy rates. But a family that's maybe at a different place in a life cycle of their house and their mortgage and whatnot, I might not give them that same advice to go ahead and pay points. Yeah, it's really so, customized. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about what have been the impact of the COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic on the whole mortgage lending business right now? So I'd say the biggest like lasting impact has been on self-employed borrowers right now. They're required to go through a little more scrutiny because so many businesses have been affected with declining employment, being shuttered, whatever it is. So those types of borrowers are being scrutinized. The real impact was kind of early on and we unwound ourselves as an industry pretty uh, adeptly, thank goodness. Um, but it, the real impact was at the beginning of the pandemic when everything shut down, the mortgage industry kind of seized up. At the beginning of February, we were in a very inflated mortgage environment where we had a lot of loan files in our pipeline and all of a sudden everything kind of came to a screeching halt. Appraisers couldn't get into homes to do appraisals, um, things like that. It caused a, a seize up in liquidity because many people filed for forbearance. The government as a protection came out and said, hey, people, if you're struggling, file for forbearance, which means a delay in making your mortgage payments. I believe at 1.4 million people stopped making mortgage payments, but at the same time, those payments are still needing to be made to the property taxes, to the homeowner's insurance. So the servicers, which pay, play an important role in our 
industry, they got left with making those payments that were not being made by consumers. So that is just getting unwound, I believe, in July. So you're starting to see rates come back down. We're starting to see things untangle. Um, Things are coming back more to normal. But um, definitely there are COVID impacts if you've had, you know, a big decline in employment and you're not back full time. That can make a difference in whether you're qualifying for a refinance or a purchase loan or how much you could qualify for in a purchase loan. So there are some lingering impacts, but the big market impacts have actually worked themselves out. My sense is that when the CARES Act pretty much expired at the end of July, that the mortgage forbearance clause went away as well. So there's currently no official protection against mortgage foreclosure. Is that correct? And do you think that's going to go on for a while? I believe that you're exactly right, that there is no formal protection. I believe that um, borrowers need to work it out specifically with their um, lender or their servicer. I believe that their servicers are encouraged to allow borrowers or homeowners to tack those payments onto the back end of their mortgage, meaning they're going to now have 360 plus four months or however long they forbeared their mortgage. But that's making an assumption that people are back to work, that people are able to tack those mortgages payments back on and that they're able to re- resume making payments. That's going to be the case for some, but that's not going to be the case for all. And I think that that's why we are anticipating somewhat of a churning or a loosening up of the market because some of these people are not going to be able to resume making payments. And there, I believe, will be some amount of foreclosures in the next six months as a result of COVID. I don't know the numbers and I haven't seen those forecasted numbers. Say that happens, Tina. Say that there's more foreclosures. So how would that affect the real estate market? Would investors be swooping in on these homes that are going to be uh, taken back by the banks? I don't know so much that it's investors, but I think there's a lot of families that want to get into homes. Um, And I think that we are seeing people migrating a little bit, maybe from cities to outlying areas and things like that. So I do think that what what I hope it brings is some optimism in an optimistic way, which is, pardon me, um, a little more inventory because that's been really the the tough thing for both agents and mortgage brokers is that we have a really tight inventory market. So there's just not enough houses for the people that want them. Yeah, very good. So just kind of sum up, why should people use a mortgage broker instead of doing it themselves? We've gone into detail, but just in a minute or so left, just kind of sum that up. I think that the biggest thing is that a mortgage broker works for the consumer. We don't work for the bank. So we are looking and we are, we are looking really for the referral from doing a great job on behalf of the consumer. We genuinely work for and look out for the consumer. It's a very different model than working through a bank or a direct lender channel, whether it's an online lender or retail lender. We, we look, out for the client because our business is determined on that client's referrals. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this half hour has been Tina Bruman. She is an independent mortgage broker in Ventura County, California. You can find out more about her at her website, tinabruman247.com. And on a national basis, uh, to find a mortgage broker, there's a website, findamortgagebroker.com. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Tina. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with Jackie Beck on the second part of the show. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Be sure to like the Voice America Business Channel on Facebook. You'll find out about up-to-the-minute business happenings and get ideas from entrepreneurs and business professionals. Search Voice America Business or click the like button under the player and stay ahead of the curve. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. 
In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Jackie Beck. She is the creator of the Payoff Debt Program. She helps people get out of debt in various ways. Her website, JackieBeck.com. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you. It's great to be here. Just give us a little bit of your uh, history and how you got to becoming this expert on helping people get out of debt. Well, I learned a lot about what does and doesn't work with paying off debt over the years. Uh, First, by getting into debt as a pretty typical consumer, and then by getting out of it for good. My husband and I paid off over $147,000 in debt, including our house, and so I now help motivate others to do the same. So give us a sense of the size of the problem these days. How much debt is out there? What kind of a burden is it? Is it a growing burden? Just give us a sense of the the debt landscape. Oh, it's enormous. There's it's it's pretty uncommon for people to not have any debt, uh, and it's just it's almost overwhelming for so many people out there, and it is definitely a growing problem. So, is it uh, credit card debt? Is it student debt, mortgage debt? What are the biggest problems you think? Uh, student loan debt is a huge problem right now, and that's continuing to grow. Uh, credit card debt also. Uh, I really think that for so many people, student loans is, is a very big problem. Yeah. And kind of going into the, the battle, I guess you might say, because a lot of what you talk about is psychological. How can people kind of prepare to, to tackle this, what seems like an insurmountable problem? First, uh, the first thing is you need to have a very strong reason why you want to be out of debt. And it needs to be very, very important to you. And I think a good way to get not be overwhelmed is to just not add it all up. Um, that way, you don't uh, see how much is is out there. I mean, it is it is okay in a sense to not have the exact total figure as long as you just focus on one debt at a time. Yeah, it gets overwhelming if you look at it all at once. Is that the idea? Yeah, right. Um, like when we paid off our debt, we didn't actually total it all up until we were done. We just looked at, okay, here are the credit cards. Here's the student loan. Here's the car payment. We just went one at a time like that. So tell us about the, the payoff debt app. Is that right? It's, it's an iPhone app. What's unusual about it or what's different about it than other kind of apps in this whole debt reduction field? Yeah, it's called Payoff Debt by Jackie Beck. And the main thing that's unusual about it is that it's really focused on keeping you motivated. Uh, there is, it, it's a debt snowball app, and you can use it for a debt avalanche, or you can pay off your debt in any order. But it does have a section in there um, where you can like put a picture of the reason that you're wanting to get out of debt. Maybe it's like for your kids, or so you can finally you know do something fun like travel. Um, and it just uh, really keeps people motivated. Even the icon on the on your phone says paid so that every time you look at it you can think about what it's going to be like when you are debt free so let's talk about those two strategies snowball and avalanche first of all maybe just describe what the snowball method is and what the advantage of using the snowball method for paying off debt sure the debt snowball is where you pay off your debts in order from lowest balance to highest balance uh, no matter what the interest rate is and the advantage to that is that you um, you see quick progress, and the most important thing is when you see progress, you stick with it, so you keep going, and you actually do get out of debt. Um, the debt avalanche is actually fairly similar in that uh, you pay off one debt at a time, but with the avalanche, you do it in order from highest interest rate first. And that is, generally speaking, not as motivating for most people because it often takes longer to pay off your first debt with that uh, method, and so people are more likely to give up. So you're saying the difference between the two is really psychological, not financial. It's feeling a sense of accomplishment and progress that makes a difference. 
Yeah, mainly it is psychological. Uh, there are, I mean, it depends on the debts, the individual debts that you have, but um, it could maybe cost you a little bit more in interest to do the debt avalanche, I mean, the debt snowball. Uh, but it really depends on your debts. And uh, for many of the people whose debts I've looked at, it really doesn't make that much difference time or money-wise. But by using a debt snowball, the motivation is is really strong. So you do finish it. And that's that's you have to do something that you're going to stick with. If you have a couple that have different views towards spending and debt, how do you reconcile that so they're on the same page and getting their debt paid down? You know, that, that's more of a... If, if you have... If you have different perspectives on having paying off debt or not, or spending versus saving, um, there's really two ways you can go about it. One is, you know, it's okay to have different perspectives, but then you, as long as you have similar goals, um, you may want to consider separate finances if it's really different. Um, if it's if it's more the case where like people are only paying lip service to getting out of debt, then I would say marriage counseling is in order because if you know, if you're saying one thing and doing another, then that's that's a bigger problem. It's not really so much about the money. What has been the impact of the coronavirus on the uh, COVID-19 situation where a lot of people have lost their jobs and they don't have the money to pay debt back? How, how should people deal with that situation if they've lost their jobs or their businesses through no fault of their own? Well, if they can't pay their debt right now, they should try to qualify for the debt relief programs that creditors might have. Uh, so like say you owe a credit card company money and you can't pay the bill, call them and let them know that you are having trouble uh, and use the phrase due to the coronavirus emergency and see if they have any programs that you could qualify for. Uh, and you can also look for resources that can help you on like benefits.gov and through your city and state because there are a lot of resources out there. It's sometimes just a matter of um, digging through and finding them. So what kind of plans can people legitimately get, say from a credit card company, if they say they've had financial difficulties because of the coronavirus? Um, they may defer your payments for a time or possibly lower interest rates, uh, but it's really just going to depend on the individual creditor. So, so is it something you ask for or is it something that they certain amount of guidelines they have what they can give? Uh, I don't think they're going to just offer it. That might, some might, but uh, you do need to call and ask for it and specify why you're asking for it, that it's because of COVID-19. And it's going to be completely deferred. I mean, say you literally have lost all income, your job, your business is closed, something like that. Will they just defer everything? You don't have to make any payments whatsoever that's put on the end of the loan? Uh, it's really going to depend on the individual program. I kind of doubt that they would defer everything entirely, uh, but it's you're going to have to talk to individual creditors, and you have to call each one of them. So you have, as part of your what you call the Debt Mindset Reset Workbook, uh, a kind of psychological way to, to get into this problem. One of the things you say at the beginning is to start with a freedom number. What do you mean by that, and how do you set a freedom number? Well, a freedom number is the, it's when you add up like all your, all the money that you're sending each month toward debt and you see how much that actually is. Suppose you're sending, you know, like $300 to a car payment or 400 to your student loan, whatever. You add all that together and the total, maybe say $900, is how much money that you will have available every single month when that debt is gone. So it really helps uh you see where your money is going to debt and how great it's going to feel to have that amount of money available every month when it's gone. So it's kind of visualizing feeling in better shape instead of feeling burdened. Right. Exactly. What do you think about using credit counseling firms as a way to lower your debt and consolidate your payments into one place? Uh, I think you have to be really careful with that. Uh, Especially because there's so many different kinds of firms out there, and it's hard to tell what they are actually going to do for you. If if you're trying to go for debt consolidation, usually that is uh, the effect of that is that you move your debt around, and many times people end up going deeper into debt uh, than they were before because they feel like they've paid it off, but they really haven't. They've just rearranged it. Um, you also have to um, be sure you're working with a really reputable organization and nonprofit. 
is there some way to do that? Is there some way to find a legitimate one to separate it out from the illegitimate ones? Uh, I would just search for nonprofits. As long as it's nonprofit, you think it should be okay, then? I, I do think so, yes. You can also check with the Better Business Bureau and with your state attorney general's office to see if they have complaints. And then the other solution is debt settlement, where you settle uh, for whatever, 50 cents on the dollar, something like that. Those tend to be for-profit firms. What are the pros and cons of doing debt settlement versus credit counseling? Well, I suppose the pro is that you might pay less debt <laughs> off, um, but the, the bigger cons are that the way that you do that is by not paying your debt for a long period of time. And typically, if you're using a company, you pay them every month, and then you pay a fee, and uh, then, well, they're not paying your debt. And then once it's gone long enough, then then the company, the idea is the company will be more likely to settle because they figure you're not going to pay them. Um, it will also, um, if your credit score is important to you, it will also really damage that. So, so is there a time when doing debt settlement is advised? Well, if you really just can't pay your debt, that, that might be an option. I don't know that it's necessarily advised, but that or like a Chapter 13 bankruptcy might be options. Where uh, it's a liquidation of debts. When should you choose that instead of debt settlement or credit counseling? It's really going to depend on your individual situation, and you will um, need to talk to a bankruptcy lawyer about that. But are there times when that's the appropriate action? Sure. If you really, really just can't pay anything and you you know, you're just overwhelmed by debt, uh, like not just feeling wise, but because it's easy to feel overwhelmed by debt, but also monetarily wise when you really, you just don't have the income, you don't have it in sight, and there is really no way for you to pay it. Then, then going, to, going to bankruptcy makes some sense. Very mm -hmm. good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest for this half hour is Jackie Beck. She's the creator of the Payoff Debt by Jackie Beck app. And she's an expert on paying off debt in various ways. You can find out more about her at her website, which is JackieBeck.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Be sure to like the Voice America Business Channel on Facebook. You'll find out about up-to-the-minute business happenings and get ideas from entrepreneurs and business professionals. Search Voice America Business or click the like button under the player and stay ahead of the curve. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this half hour is Jackie Beck. She's an expert in helping people get out of debt. You can find out more at her website, JackieBeck.com. Welcome back to the show, Jackie. Thanks. Let's specifically talk about student loan debt. It's such a big problem for so many people. If they're just overwhelmed by it and they don't have enough money to pay it, what can they do to get their student loan debt under more control? 
if you have federal student loans, you can contact uh, the processor and uh, see about putting them in deferment um, or forbearance. And um, that is actually what I did a long time ago, and it, it does help. It gives you a break on making your payments. Um, interest may still accumulate, but at least uh, you have a pretty good break there. Um, if you have private student loans, again, you'd have to contact your lender and see what they can do for you um, due to the coronavirus emergency. So will private student loans, what were they going to do, do forbearance, or would they settle it for a lower amount? What would you expect from private lenders? <sighs> Uh, I think that they are very unlikely to settle for a lower amount uh, because, generally speaking, it's student loans are pretty much going to get paid eventually. Uh, so I think that your best bet there is to try to um, get them to defer the payments. How about some of these programs that if you, uh, for example, work in the nonprofit sector or work for the government, you can have your debt completely uh, forgiven after 10 years? Do you think those are good ideas? Uh, if you can qualify for them and you make sure to complete all the requirements the whole time, uh, then yeah, sure, having your debt forgiven can be awesome. So how do you do that? Do you help? Is that something that you can help people qualify for that program? Uh, no, I don't specifically work with that. I'm just more focused more on the motivation and keeping focused and making steady progress. Um, but you can definitely talk to your lender about that. So you go to the lender. This is like... For federal loans, you're talking about the Department of Education. Yeah, they they have a program where you just can fill out a, a form. It's been a while, but you can fill out a form to try to qualify for those things. Yeah. Okay, on the mortgage front, are you a big advocate of paying mortgage off faster by making extra payments or doing other things like that? Is that something you think is a good idea? Uh, de- personally, I, I definitely do think it's a great idea uh, because when your house is paid for, uh, you know, you're, I mean, you still have some monthly housing costs because there's taxes and insurance that you need to pay, but it is a huge burden off you to know that you have a place to live that the bank is not just going to take if you lose your job. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And also, um, it, it's pretty easy to make a Big, depending on where you are in the mortgage, it's pretty easy to make a fairly big dent in it uh, with just some small extra payments each month. Yeah. Uh, another big debt these days is car loans. A lot of people are taking on huge debts for cars over seven or eight years, not the usual three to five years. What can people do to get car debt under control? Well, uh, the biggest thing there is to, once you do get your par- car paid off, don't go out and get another one. Uh, there, There is... Um, it's it's kind of a, a myth, I think, that you always need a new car to be safe. I mean, my the car I drive every day is 30 years old, and it it's it's great. Um, I do have a second car too, but but uh, that's the main one that I drive, and um, it, it really yeah sure you're not going to have every safety feature, and I'm not recommending that everyone needs to drive a 30 year old car, but you don't always need a new car every two to five years. You can have a car that's 10 years old, and Cars within the last 10 years are, they have all the safety features there. They're really great. So that's one easy way is once you do finish a car loan, just stop, (laughs) stop getting another one. Um, Also, if you have a high interest car loan after you've paid on it for a while and um, your credit score has improved, you may be able to get a lower um, interest rate loan from a credit union that will help you pay it off faster because the interest isn't as much. This, the so-called FIRE movement, the uh, Financial Independent Retire Early Movement, I assume you're kind of familiar with that whole thing. Yes. They have a very kind of extreme view of paying down debt. Is that something that you subscribe to? Uh, I I don't subscribe to extreme, although I suppose I have done some extreme things, like keeping a really old car. Uh, but it's... <laughs> I do the things that I enjoy. So, like, I like my car. That's why I haven't replaced it. Um, it I, I think that you have to live your life in the way that's best for you. If you actually enjoy being super frugal, then go for it. If, if you don't, then, you know, have a more balanced approach. Yeah. Um, so, as far as taking on debt in the first place, how can people avoid getting into this whole trap in the first place uh, because it's so easy to get into debt, whether it be student loan debt or credit card debt or mortgage debt these days. How can you prevent the problem in the first place? Well, uh, the biggest reason a lot of people get into debt uh, 
is, well, I would say medical or other emergencies. So if you can have good insurance, that will help a lot. If you build up an emergency fund, I would definitely make building an emergency fund the priority first uh, because every single person is going to have one or more emergencies in their life. You are going to need that money. So you may as well uh, start setting it aside now and that will help uh, act as kind of a debt preventative fund. Um, Also, keep in mind that just because you know everybody does it doesn't mean it's a good idea and really everybody doesn't do it um, so even though it seems normal to take on a car loan or to have a credit go into credit card debt uh, you can make a different choice it's it's really a matter of planning and priority and uh, focusing on what matters most to you one of the sections you have in your uh, app is uh, that Rome wasn't built in a day what's important about pacing this out and not not putting too big expectations on on paying a debt off really quickly? Well, I do think that people feel like they're, they feel like they're very frustrated when they don't see super, super quick progress. And it's important to remember that you didn't get into debt overnight. It's kind of a gradual thing and getting it out is going to be gradual as well. Um, But the important thing is if you stop borrowing and you you stick with it, then you will get there. We hope so. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> you can well, do it. <laughs> I mean, in the current circumstance where people's income is down, it's going to be harder for them to do that in many cases. Yes. What can, can people do to avoid predatory loans? Maybe describe what a predatory loan might be. Uh, for example, payday loans or car title loans, um, they have interest rates raising, ranging from like 3 to 400 percent. And um, that is definitely a lot. Um and so I think that the main thing you can do to avoid that is maybe you can sell things that you own or um, work extra or even borrow from family and friends if they will if they are able to lend to you. Um, generally speaking, that's not a great idea, but it's better than a payday loan. So just I think educate yourself on the other options that are out there, like credit unions. Credit unions are, are good if you do need a loan. Maybe give us an example of somebody who went through your program, uh, who went through the Debt Mindset Reset Workbook, and what kind of results that they had. Oh, well, it uh, it varies from person to person, obviously, but like I've had one person who was in student loan debt, and she wanted to get married, and she didn't want to bring debt to the marriage, so um, she did the email course and uh, was able to you know, turn things around. She really got super motivated to pay off her debt and um, she's paid it all off. I mean, what's so interesting is you're saying psychology is almost more important than finances, that that motivation changes behavior. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, obviously you do have to have some money (laughs) to pay it off, but, but motivation makes a big difference when you feel positive and you feel fired up and you stay focused and you don't get derailed by borrowing again, then it's a lot easier to make quick progress. So why do a lot of people, are they not motivated to pay off debt? Why do they need your course to be motivated to get out of this huge hole? Well, I think everyone has to, um, come to it and they're at their own pace. Uh, usually you need to feel really overwhelmed and ready for a change. And I think a lot of people right now do feel that way. Uh, you have to be at the point where you're going to be able to receive the information. Um, it just sometimes takes a little bit of a different perspective to um, see that there are other options out there. Very good. Well, my guest this half hour has been Jackie Beck. She's the creator of the Payoff Debt by Jackie Beck app uh, for the iPhone. Uh, She's helped a lot of people get out of debt, and you can find out more about her at her website, JackieBeck.com. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Jackie. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.